This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a thousand tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and LA bid on iOS developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average iOS developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $2,000 signing bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the iFreaks link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash iFreaks. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 143 of the iFreaks show. Today on our panel, we have Andrew Madsen. Hello from Salt Lake City. My name is James Zuber. I'm not from Salt Lake City. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I'm coming. Today on our show, we've got Travis Jeffrey. Can you tell uh, us a little bit about yourself? Uh, hi there. I'm calling up from Toronto, Canada, so it's probably colder up here than it is for everyone. And I will not be going to Salt Lake City. <laughs> I uh, work on my own uh, startup right now called Stash, which is a personal finance tool. And yeah, previously I worked at a company called Segment, which is an analytics and customer data hub startup. Before that, I worked at Basecamp, uh, working on their mobile stuff. So yeah. Cool. Um, you came on t- today to talk to us about Clang Format, right? Yeah. So uh, probably talk about two tools, uh, Clang Format and Clang Tidy. Clang Format is a formatter and basically it manipulates white space. And then Clang Tidy is a linter, but it can also automatically make the fixes for you as well in some cases. Yeah. For those who don't know, can you explain what a linter is? Right. So a linter, it's basically going to check your code for you know various things that, like, for instance, you could check if you're using modern for loops or if you're using, um, say, in C++, if you're using auto uh, or using modern tools. So basically, it's going to like check your code and give you information on that code. And then in some cases, it'll also be able to fix those changes automatically for you. So it goes beyond just whether you're using the right brace style and it more like um, so can do some deeper code, code style analysis. Is that correct? Right. So tell us a little bit about what you're using these for or why you know about them. So I'm primarily using uh, Clang Format. Since Clang Tidy is specifically for C++, at least currently, uh, and I don't write too much C++. But with Clang Format, it's really great because, first off, it supports various languages, like it supports C++ and Objective-C and JavaScript and Java and protocol buffers at this point. I think that's all of them right now. And it's really great for not wasting time talking about uh, maintaining a consistent style. You can just define the style that you want. It supports a lot of options, so you can say... I want the lines to be like 79 characters or after a function name, I want a space between the function name and the, and the parentheses. And then you can just run Clang format on your code and, the, and it's done. You don't have to you know, mention it in code reviews or anything like that. You just run it and then it's, it's done. It's not an issue anymore. So I first heard about it when someone, someone brought it up on Twitter and they're like, oh, someone should write a Xcode plugin for this. And then I was like, oh, I'll do that. So that's how I first heard about it and how I first started working with it was when I wrote a Nextcode plugin for it. Okay, so Clang Format itself, you just use it as a command line tool. You pass in a file, it does its thing, fixes it, or tells you what 
what's wrong. How, how does it mark up? Does it just change it, or does it mark up things that uh, are not quite right? Uh, no. Uh, so ClankFormer will just change it for you. Basically, you, you input code, and it'll output code, and that's it. Okay, you've, this effectively removes one of the most important you know, times in a software development cycle is fighting over the, the code formatting, code style. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty awesome. Um, I mean, we just waste so much. Like, everyone thinks and wants their code to be a beautiful snowflake, but it's not always the case, and we spend a lot of time on it, and uh, you just don't have to think about it anymore. So it's, it's really nice. And, and at least, um, you know, maybe you can make your code beautiful in other ways, but just not with white space. So are you, you're using this for Objective-C? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how does it work overall? Is it pretty seamless? It's pretty nice. It's pretty seamless. Um, how well it works kind of depends on the language, I find. C++ is definitely the strongest because that's what the Clang team is using day-to-day. So, and so obviously the scratch-down itch, they're going to make that support the best. Objective-C support is pretty good. Uh, could be better. It's not as good as C++, but it's... It's usable. Okay. Now, no, most formatting tools, if you're doing things like space before a, for a bracket or that type of thing, can do it pretty well. It's pretty basic, pretty close to what we're doing, like what we're doing, like with even C code. You know, people have been doing this for for decades. Problems I've seen with like Objective C code is when we get it around to like block formatting. You know, if you want to line up the message parameters on different yep. lines and have the colons line up, does it do that type of stuff for you? Yep, that works. Yep. Okay. So it comes up real nice. Mm-hmm. What are the options for that, for like lining up the method parameters? Oh, there's, uh, I mean, there's quite a few. There's, um, I don't know how many, I mean, probably around 40 or so. There's, there's things like space before parens. There's things like indent with. One nice thing also as well is rather than having to find each option or, or like having to go through and define your whole style initially, you can base your style off of existing styles. So, for instance, there's like the LLVM style or like the WebKit style, and you could say you could just do a one-line configuration that says you make my style the same as LLVM, and then your code would format to the LLVM. And then you could uh, work off that. So then you could say, well, the LLVM uses two spaces, and I want to use four spaces. So then you just have to add, you know, now you have two lines. So that's quite nice. And so there's things like Objective-C block and done with, um, Objective-C space after property, pointer alignment. Each of these has, sometimes has their own option as well. So like whether the pointer should be to the left or whether it should be in the right or whether it should be in the middle and so forth. So Okay. How do you actually do the configuration? Is that just a text file? Yeah. So there's like a dot clang dash format file and then typically since this is you would configure your style per project you would have this file at the root of your projects it's basically like the same as like where your dot git uh, directory would be like you just you know put it along there and that'd be that if you wanted it to have the same style for all your projects uh, then you could put it at your home directory and then since clang format's gonna go up the hierarchy of your directory until it it hit the home directory and then found that file. So it's nice if you're working on a bunch of different projects on your own. Okay, that's cool. So it's the same sort of conventions that you do with Git. You've got your own configurations. You can get product-specific ones, too. Yep, exactly, yep. How do you typically integrate this into your workflow? You know, this type of thing is more important when you're working with a team, so you don't yeah. have to you know, arguing. But how do, you, how do you typically work this, make this so work? So for me... 
So for me, I typically use my uh, Xcode plugin that I wrote, and the way I have it set up is that whenever I hit Command S or save the file, then it'll automatically run Clang Format and format the file, and then I can see what it looks like formatted right there. So there's basically two different ways. There's you typically either use an editor integration. There's uh, support for like Emacs and BIM and Sublime and so forth. So you typically either use it via your editor, like you bind it to a key or something like that, or to a hook. And then the other alternative is that you could run it in a Git hook. You know, whenever you commit your code, then just have Clang format automatically for to uh, format everything. So those are basically the two two main ways I'd say. Okay, you mentioned your Xcode plugin. What what's the name of that? Uh, it's not very creative. It's like Clang Format Dash Xcode is is what it is. Uh, so if you go to GitHub.com slash Travis Jeffrey, that's J E F F U R Y slash Clang Format one word Dash Xcode. That's where it is. Okay, and from this you can so you install it yourself. Yep. And just bind it to a bind it to a key. Yep. There's like an enable. On, format on save option. Okay. So, so I, w- I was reading through the documentation for Clang Format, and there's some mention in there of different integrations with different apps, and they talk about using it with Vim and even with BBEdit, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then um, <laughs> I guess it, support for it is built into Visual Studio, or you, I, I couldn't quite tell what they meant there. But anyway, Visual Studio supports it. It sort of surprised me because Clang being sort of an Apple-led, it's an open-source project, and it's used fairly widely now, but it's it, primarily driven by Apple still. And definitely overall, Clang format specifically, I know uh, one of the main guys is, this, is a guy from Google, actually. I think there's actually a couple guys from Google that are working on the Clang tools, so so I think maybe that's that's one reason. Ah, okay. So my question was going to be, why is there not... I mean, other than your plugin, which is cool, it, surprised, it was going to surprise me that... Apple has not just added support for it to Xcode because that seems like a yeah. I always wondered that. Thing. Actually, it's actually kind of funny because uh, the last time that Apple interviewed me and I was considering working there, actually, uh, one of the engineering managers he saw Clang format and that's like that's why he talked to me and uh, I basically asked him the whole time like why didn't you guys build this yourself you know like or why didn't you have these a- APIs to do- make this easier. But uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it definitely should be in Xcode. I think like I think that's why you know it's so popular. Like I've got over two thousand stars on this, and I think a big reason for that is just because it just makes total sense that it should be a built-in thing. Well, the next obvious thing though is that uh, it doesn't seem like there's any support for Swift. Right. No, not yet. We'll see. I don't know. Do you know if do you know if anyone's working on that or I don't think they are. You know, a lot of people make issues uh on Clang Format Xcode, my plugin uh, about that and so basically I forward those to the Clang mailing list and so far I haven't gotten uh, you no know, too big of a response or any any indication that things are changing. And like I said, I think part of the reason for that is that the main guys working on this are at Google, you know, so they're not working with Swift and they're not at Apple. So I think that's that's uh, part of the reason why. So if you wanted to get hacking away and try and get Swift working like this, how, how would you proceed? If you wanted to hack on Clang Format Xcode, yeah. If you want, no, if you wanted to get um, Clang Format to work with Swift, how would you? How would you? So you'd pull down the Clang uh, repo, and they have a section in Tools in there, and 
So the way it works is um, it basically uses Clang's Lexer. It would be really difficult. I think, you know, also, no, part of the and, you know, huge reason why is, is that um, it, like, uh, Clang's Lexer is built for C-like languages. Um, so that's why I think the other reason why Swift support isn't coming is because that would be really difficult. Um, and that's why, like, the existing languages are C-like, like Java and JavaScript. But yeah, so you pull down the repo. There's basically only one interface function in the uh, in the repo, which is this refactor. So you can also make a library that uses it's called libformat is the library part of Clang format. And yeah, so pull down the Clang repo. I think the mailing list is fairly responsive and fairly open to patches. So then you would send your patch into the the Clang dev mailing list and hope it gets. Accepted. Are you going to do it, Jane? <laughs> Just after the other project and my move to Salt Lake City. <laughs> well, maybe we can work on it together when you move here. That'd be cool. I, yeah, I'm wondering, I, I'm wondering how, how deep have you gone into the, the Clang format code? Like, if you were doing it, are you, is it you doing it in C++? Do you have, like, some, you know... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, is there some other kind of compiler metadata you have to deal with to figure out if you're dealing with, you know, what a method or a bracket or whatever? Uh, yeah, so it's it's all in C++. And yeah, so basically you're using Elixir, so you get information of like what kind of statement you're looking at and or what, what kind of token you're looking at. And yeah, so that's, so that's, how, that's what, you'd use, what you would use. You don't have access to the whole AST uh, with Clang Format. What is an AST? The abstract syntax tree. I actually... They might use the syntax tree for certain cases where the parser doesn't work. I'm, I'm actually not too sure. I know um, for the most part they just use Clang's Lexer, though. Okay, well that's no, it's cool stuff, but it's a great tool for Objective C. Mm-hmm. Like to get a, in maybe a little bit into the topic of code style in general for for people who are new that are listening to this. I I, I think we probably have some people listening to this that have no idea what we're talking about when we say we're. Clang format is partly about enforcing a code style. And then there are those of us who know exactly what you mean, and, and it's a really contentious topic. But can you uh, can you just talk a little bit about what code style is and why anybody cares? Right. So, so code style, so we can write code in, you know, code style is like how much white space you use, so like how many spaces you put between things, whether you use underscores like I think it's just the overall look of your code. Yeah, but I would say like the overall look, like how you write things. So like whether, let's say you have a variable name that is more than one word, like do you use underscores to make that readable or do you use camel case? So like do you uppercase characters for the different words? Like how long are lines? A bunch of different factors like that. I think it's kind of interesting because there are points of code style that are sort of obvious, uh, like like... At work, we have a, a code style document, and some of it is, you know, makes sense. Like, name your methods with descriptive names that describe what they do, and don't use abbreviations unless they're really well understood, and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and that, that sort of makes sense to make your code readable and easy for somebody new to jump into and figure out. But then some stuff, which probably inspires way more heated arguments, is like, should an opening brace be on the same line as <laughs> an if statement or the next line? And you know, does that really matter, right? People get along yeah. fine with both styles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but, exactly. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. But, so, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess 
for me though, consistency is important. So just a, you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't think it really matters whether you put braces on the same line or a new line, if you, just whichever you're used to. But it is mm-hmm. kind of helpful when everybody on a team does the same thing. So a code yep. base is not kind of this, you know, ugly mishmash of different styles, and it's kind of jarring to go between them. And yeah, exactly. So, so to so to cl- clarify, you know, if it all gets compiled down to, you know, executable, why does it matter about style? I mean, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that. Number one, I think, is to keep it readable. I guess that would be the the biggest thing. I think is just keep it readable. You know, don't let things get too crazy uh, with style, so that it becomes unreadable and you can't understand it. I guess. And also, like, if you're going between, like, for instance, let's say you're working on a project with multiple people, and you go into one part of the code base, and it looks this, and it looks one way, and then you go to another part of the code base, and you're like, holy moly, I. This is like totally different, and you know there's like a almost like a context switch. So, not having to deal with that is, I think one one reason why people uh, set up style guides uh, in the companies. Yeah, I think that's a very important point. Like, so maybe you have two files that have two different standards. Now you're creating a third file. You're thinking about what standard you're going to use, and not just writing the code. So your brain is yeah. like going, "Oh wait, should I do this or should I do that?" Versus just doing it, and that, you know, that takes up your attention, which you could be using for more important things like, you know, designing your code. So, yeah. I, you know, even though it, it seems like something you could just wave away, code style, who cares? You know, it all gets compiled anyway. The computer doesn't care. You know, code is meant for humans to read. And if, you, if you're thinking about stupid things while you're trying to write code, you're kind of wasting your energy. So, you know, it is important yeah. to get everyone on the team on the same page and just so you can write your code, you write it, you don't think about it and save your your mental energy for the things that matter. Yeah, that's, that's what I really like about these tools like uh, Clang Format. And if you write Go in the Go community, everyone basically uses this tool called Go Format. And so like all Go code looks the same, basically. And it's awesome, you know, you know, you don't have to spend any time with it. And like once you start using a formatter, you get past caring about it really quickly because you realize the benefits of not thinking about it at all and not spending any time on it at all. It's just let someone else deal, like, just, you know, just let some let the computer automate it, you know? Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, and even if you don't have an automatic tool, you know, you're doing the stuff in code reviews or, you know, a pull request, like, oh, white space here shouldn't be. And yeah. that's, you know, that's a waste. Yeah. You know, it, it's valuable to do it, but, you know, if you have something automated to do it, that's that's much better. Yeah, these and also with like these formatters, you don't have to communicate the style really. It's like since you could just run the program, you know, someone could someone could write in their own beautiful style if they wanted, and then but in the end, it's going to get formatted automatically by one of these tools anyway. So that's that's another nice thing. Yeah, and if you keep running the tool, you automatically get what the style should be. Yeah, just kind of go for it. Yeah. Are you uh, sorry if we already mentioned this and I forgot? But are you or or is anyone you know using Clang Format for as part of their con- continuous integration workflow? So that, for example, like if a pull request is submitted on GitHub, it's automatically run through the formatter to either check for violations or to automatically fix them. I'm not really sure, but is anyone doing uh, that that you know of? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen uh, people mention that on. Uh in different places and that sort of thing. So yeah, there's definitely people doing that. That would be kind of nice to get that set up for some of my projects, but So how how does that work? So if you have it if you're running this on your local machine, you can put into a git hook, 
or something that just runs it before you do a commit. Okay, that makes sense. Or you can do a key binding on your your IDE. Okay, that makes sense. How does this work for you know your CI system? Do you run it? Do a check? Does it end up as a separate commit in Git because you push code? The format becomes something else. Do you like do a rebase and squash it down? Um, how are people doing this? It would depend on the company and the project, I suppose. Um, I mean, it all depends on you know what they want to do. I, I suppose um, I, don't, I don't know if there's you know one way that everyone's following, but but, but what yeah. would be a, a typical one? Like if I if you gave us one way to do it, what would be the default? I'd probably say uh, just put it in a different commit. So have your CI run Clang format on it, make that a new commit, and then that's it. Okay. Um, you, we mentioned just at the very beginning, but then I don't haven't talked about it too much. But there's also Clang tidy, and you talked about how that's a linter and can, seems like it can do a little bit more than Clang format. Can you talk a little more about that? And then I'm I'm kind of curious if you're using that, if that would be something that your plugin supports or right. So Clang tidy, so it's um, so Clang format is only for ni- manipulating white space, and Clang tidy is for actually manipulating the code. It only supports C plus plus right now. So I'm not using it all that often because I don't write C++ very often. And what it is is um, basically instead of like style options, you have matches. So you can say if you're using an old stool or the old style of for loops that you could you could change those to the C++ C11 uh, style of for loops. And Clang Tidy could also automatically fix those for you. They have quite a few matches. I think there's like 60 of them, or checks. I guess checks or matches they call them. And do you do you create the style configuration for for Clang Tidy in fairly a fairly similar way, or how do you do that? Is it is it a similar sort of file to the way Clang format works? Yeah, so you can dump you can uh, dump the config to a file, and yeah, it reads it in a similar way. Yep. But it seems like it's, the fact that it's C++ only is um, maybe makes it not so attractive for the people who listen to iFreaks. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that's why I don't use it day to day. And it'd be it'd be really awesome. Uh, it would be possible to uh, extend it to Objective C. I think a- again, it's this sort of thing where like the people that wrote this, they mostly use C++. So it was sort of they don't have as much motivation to support Objective C. It's not too difficult to write. Uh, your own matchers. Uh, they actually have a really nice tool for for building your own matchers and your own and the uh, matchers that can fix your code. Uh, they have this really nice tool called Clang Query, which allows you to interactively build matchers. So if someone from the Objective C community was interested, they could you know look into that, and that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Do you know of any alternatives to to Clang Tidy and Clang Format that work with well for Clang Tidy that work with Objective C or or anything like this for Swift? Not that I know of. I think Apple's kind of building some of these tools into Xcode. They sort of build some, like for instance, um, you know, when there was like the modernize your Objective C code, there was you know that feature, and uh, so th- I think they sometimes build. That stuff's right, in, right into Xcode. I don't know if Clang Title eventually supported. I'm not sure. Coming in Xcode 10. Would be nice. Well, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I do think that with Swift, maybe um, there's a little bit more of a... Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me like there's... Uh, because everybody's just starting out writing it in Xcode, and, and Xcode sort of almost 
gives you a default style just by the way it auto-completes things and, you know, creates the outlet creation feature, that kind of thing. Um, there's maybe a little more consistent style between um, Swift programmers than there was with Objective-C where, you know, everybody kind of came into it at different times and using different tools and even X Xcode's defaults for Objective-C have changed over the years. But I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it sort of seems like perhaps because of that, the need for this kind of tool for Swift is a little bit less. Yeah, I could I can see that uh, being the case. Um, I think another thing that why Objective-C style can vary so much is also that you have people that come that sort of, they look at the language in different ways. Like some people look at it as like a C. And so then they'll write Objective-C like C. Or, and then there's other people that look at it as, you know, its own language. And then maybe they'll, you know, because there's like people that come from C and they'll use underscores, for instance. And then there's other people that come from a different background and then they'll use camel case, for instance. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see that being, being accurate. I think you're right. But, of course, underscores are wrong and camel case is right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's anything that about Kling Format or Kling Tidy or similar sorts of tools or code style that you think we should cover that we have not covered. Not really. Um, I guess if people are interested, I guess the only one that I can think of is uh, if people uh, are working with uh, Golang, then they can check out Go Format. That's that's the other one I can think of. What if people want? What if people listening want to um, start using Clang Format and you know just sort of jump in and learn about it and use it use it for themselves? Where can they go? Um, so you could go to the LLVM Builds uh, site and. They have a package on there that includes the Clang format binary, so you could you could start there if you wanted, or you could if you're using uh, Xcode, then you can just download that my plugin, and that would almost be easier. And uh, yeah, so just install my plugin and then run it on your code. I, I shall note from the from your page, it's also available via Alcatraz, which is Xcode package manager. Yep, which I've used. Yep, so yep, very simple to download. Maybe that should be a pick. I use Alcatraz and like it. I know Apple doesn't like it, but I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Apple's getting better. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll build in Alcatraz or something someday. That would that would be asking a lot, but that would considering they put in that <laughs> that dialogue that comes up every time you update Xcode. Hey, do you want to load these unexpected code bundles? <laughs> Which is obviously yeah. their way of saying get rid of these, but. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I wish I was doing more Objective C. Well, I, don't, I don't wish that, but I wish I had a tool like Clang Format. I'm doing mostly Swift, but yeah, it's definitely nice and would clear up some headaches. That even if you're on a team with that, you know, realizes code standards are important, you still you forget things and you have to go through mess with your do your code reviews and pull requests and do that. And just takes time. But I, I'm nice writing. Tool. I'm writing mostly Swift now too, but. I have a pretty big uh, project that's all in Objective C that is, you know, almost ten years old and has some varying and you know, varying quality of of code style and just different styles throughout the code base. And it would be nice to clean that up and unify it. So I think I'm going to look look into using Clang Format to deal with that. Nice, just run it right through. Good stuff. Okay, uh, let's get to the picks. Andrew, what do you have for us? Let's see, I've got a few picks today. So my first pick is actually quite along the lines of what we've we've talked about, but I have a, an acquaintance here locally that wrote an app called objective clean that I think, you know, some people have seen, but it's a, it's a Mac app that 
sort of does the same thing as Clang Format, but it's for uh, Objective-C. And it's kind of cool because he has a website where you can basically ask you a bunch of questions, like a survey, and then, you know, about your code style, and at the end it spits out a configuration file. So that's cool, but my real pick is he has recently released a, a new version for Swift called Swift Clean. And so it, it is sort of this kind of solution for, for Swift. It's it's a Mac app, um, same kind of thing with a survey, and you can run your run your run your code base through it and have it apply your code style and I think he's also got a command line tool so you can integrate with your Xcode build process so that's swift clean my next pick is well it's kind of it's kind of a, a two-part pick but uh, it's an article that I read today called friction between programming professionals and beginners and this is um, it's it's kind of about some of the problems that beginners encounter when they're asking questions when they're first learning and they're asking questions particularly on Stack Overflow I think people can relate to the idea that when you're a beginner you often you ask a question and, and particularly on Stack Overflow there can be a problem with you know people immediately sort of piling on you and, and voting to close your question or, or commenting on it and basically saying read the documentation and, and just some answers that are not that helpful. But then on the flip side, as a, as a professional or an experienced programmer, you kind of know that it can be sort of annoying to see the same kind of beginner question over and over where they haven't given you enough information to really answer their question or you can tell that they're going down the wrong road and they don't even know it and whatever. So anyway, this article is about sort of both sides of the of the coin there, but I think um, the overall message is that, you know, beginners can do some things to make their questions better, and professionals can do some things to be more helpful and more kind and more welcoming to beginners. And um, along with that, I guess my pick is uh, to to take time to to help people that are new and to be understanding and to remember that when you were new, stuff that seems really trivial to you now was actually really complicated. So try to put yourself in their shoes. And those are my picks. Very cool. I'm going to have one pick, and I don't think it's a very novel pick. I think Apple actually features this app, but Hopper app, which lets you scan a range of dates for a flight and pick a good rate. I live in Minneapolis, and my sister and her family, they live in Charleston, and it's really kind of a pain to get there. There's no direct flights, and tickets are usually five, 600 bucks, depending on when you want to go. But I work for myself, so I have somewhat flexibility. So if I want to visit, I would always find myself on whatever the, the travel sites randomly clicking dates around until I find found a recent rate. Uh, but with Hopper app, you can actually go down and it'll give you a range of dates and give you you know, the dates that you can get a cheap rate. So normally I pay about four or $500 for a ticket to Charleston, but I get a ticket for 200 just by checking it out and leaving on certain days. So I'm pretty happy with the app and it's well designed. And so check out Hopper app. That app is really awesome. Uh, I've actually used it. Um, I'm preparing for a vacation to Japan. And basically, I put in the date that I wanted to go that's like far in the future. And it'll tell you whenever like uh, tickets become cheaper, like it'll send you a notification. So if you're just thinking, even if you're just thinking about going someplace uh, far in the future, you could put that into the app and it'll uh, tell you whenever tickets are on sale or cheaper. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a cool feature. And it also tell you like, this, these prices might go down, or these prices will definitely go up over the next couple yeah. of weeks. So you can know yeah. to buy it now or, or wait on it. Yeah. Plus one. Uh, that's my pick. I get, a, I get a cheap trip. Travis, what are your picks? So first pick is going to be this book called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. It's this book by this guy, this guy named Robert M. Piercing. And it's kind of like a philosophical book. It's this father and 
his son go on a motorcycle trip across the states and he sort of talks about his philosophy and reconciling scientific and artistic ways of thinking and uh, answering the question of what is quality. Uh, so it's a really awesome book. I basically have thought about it almost every day since I read about it like a decade ago. And then uh, my second pick is uh, the personal finance tool I'm making called Stash. You can check that out at stash.cool. Uh, and it'll help you see where your money's going, compare how much and what you spent in different time periods. And uh, so you can see and change and compare and re- and repeat to improve your spending habits. And then my last pick is another book called A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy. And this is another philosophical book. It talks about Stoicism, which is this uh, philosophy that came about during the Romans. And just sort of, it's a really, I don't know, it's just a great book and just sort of dealing with difficult challenges and having keeping a, a good outlook on life. So for instance, one thing they talk about is like just whenever you run up with a challenge, just think about what's the worst thing that could happen. And then once you think about that, you realize that it's you know, the worst thing isn't all that bad. So you shouldn't worry about it. So there's a lot of good stuff there and a lot of uh good stuff for applying to your life. So Well very cool. Uh thanks for the picks and Travis, it was great to have you on. We learned a lot about client formats and, and all the code standard stuff. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Travis. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.